The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 259. Brandon Lee Galton is with me. He is from BleedingGreenNation.com. I am Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. Day four of Eagles training camp is in the books. First day with some pads. They were, shul- they were in shells and shorts today, meaning helmets, uh, shoulder pads, uh, but not a fully padded practice. The first one of those will be on Tuesday, we're recording this on a Monday, but before we get into all the football analysis, and it was a fun practice today, I think there were some good notes to be taken today, I know I would like to hear about where I can get the finest meat snacks in the land. Well, you must be hungry, Jimmy, and the best way to satisfy that hunger is to go to RighteousFelon.com, it's R-I-G-H-T-E. Oh, U-S-F-E-L-O-N, RighteousFelon.com, and use discount code BGN20, as in Bleeding Green Nation, BGN20, for 20% off your order, limited time only. Usually it's 15% off. Right now it's 20%, so you're going to want to take advantage of that. If you've been waiting to pull the trigger on this, why not now? It's it's the best discount you're possibly going to get. So go do it if you want to help support the podcast also want to give a quick shout out to Jim's, you know, steaks to me, which yeah. uh, burned down uh, very sadly last week. And I, I believe the owner has vowed to rebuild and everything. But there's actually a uh, GoFundMe going on right now uh, for their workers who are going to be presumably out of work for a bit as they try to build that back up. So, you know, if you have the extra money and you like Jim's and you want to help support a South Philly staple, uh, I think that's important if you can do that. Uh, if if you can. So I just wanted to give them a little, not a sponsor, obviously, but I just wanted to give them a little shout out as well. Of the big three, Jim's, Pat's, Geno's. Yeah. Uh, I'll take Jim's over the other two all day. Sure. That is a, that's what people say. They're like, don't go to Pat's or Geno's, which I think are fine. Like, I think if yeah. you want to go there, you're, you're not, sure. it's fine. You, it's not like you're wasting your time. Like you can do that. That's valid. But yeah, Jim's is uh it's a classic. So, I mean, it's what the Philly taco is all about, Jimmy. You go to, uh lorenzo's for the giant pizza slice and then you mm-hmm. wrap that around the jim's cheesesteak traditionally i do a woodrow's i'm a woodrow's guy but i, jim's I didn't has know that its... was a thing <laughs> yeah it is a thing i've had two at one time one time it was great uh 
I'm a Woodruff's guy, but I have love for gyms too, and I, I would like to see it back open. I think it's it's sad what happened. So if you can, you know, I think it's nice to support it. But Jimmy, we have a practice to talk about. That we do. It was overcast again, which I like a lot. I don't know how oh, yeah. you feel about. Oh yeah. Oh please. Yeah, I, I'd rather have a cloudy day than stand out in the in like the sun. But we're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be hundred degrees oh. on Thursday this week apparently. So I'm not looking forward to that. I'll take an overcast seventy two ish kind mm. of day. All day camp. Give that to me all all day, every day. Well, beyond camp, I just like overcast days. Like, everyone oh, loves see, a sunny yeah. day. Yeah, I'm not that kind I like of person. A, I like a sunny day regularly, but when I'm gonna, when I know I have, like, there's no, I have no choice. I have to be outside for you know three hours plus. Uh, yeah, give, give me the cloudy day all day. In true blogger aesthetic, I am a mole man, and I want to be. <laughs> in, I don't want to be in the bright light. Uh, I am a vampire in that regard. But uh, let's get into the notes. Uh, where do you want to start today? I think we should. I want to save Jalen Hurts, if you're cool with that, for the actual sure. stock part. Because I don't think he was okay. like one of the biggest parts of practice anyway. I think there are other non-quarterback things, or non-quarterback one things to talk about. Where do you want to start off? Yeah, I think we had, I think, uh, well, today there was the first O-line, D-line, one-on-one action. And um, there are some takeaways that I have from there. I don't know if you do as well. But I think you want to start there. Do you have any notes, first of all? I missed most of that. I was trying to keep okay. an eye on seven and sevens, and I, I missed, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to get a full sense of both. So I figured, you know, I can always kind of rely on you for this. So what did you take away from there? So several things. Um, Jordan Davis was a standout during mm. the one-on-one drills. I mean, just was bull rushing the crap out of his. And to be clear, he was not going up against any first-team offensive linemen. So it was all second- and third-teamers. But, man, he dominated those guys, just pushing them back into the pocket. And this is a point that we made after they drafted him in that um, as a pass rusher, he doesn't necessarily have to individually put up a big sack number this year to be a factor in the pass rush. If he pushes the pocket and he doesn't allow uh, quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks, you know, to be able to step up into the pocket with ease. Uh, then that's going to help his you know teammates, particularly the edge rushers, uh, in getting to the quarterback, and and also not allowing, like I said, quarterbacks to step up and make strong throws. So he can be a factor in the pass game, even if he doesn't actually sack the quarterback himself. Um, and the bull rushes that he showed today, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's 340 pounds, and he's the mo- most athletic defender uh, in the history of of the NFL draft. So like, yeah, he's going to be able to push guys uh, back into the pocket against their will. But the highlight that he had was uh, after he had shown a few bull rushes, he had a swim move. And in fairness, it was on Bill Dunkel, who is an <laughs> undrafted rookie uh, free agent. Name sounds like he's like a car salesman or, or an insurance salesman. Um, he swam. He swam that guy and just totally dusted him. Like he built, poor Bill Dunkel was just standing there uh, with cinder block feet in quicksand. And it actually kind of got like a, a ooh from like everyone that was kind of watching at the time. Um, so yeah, I mean he he's the real deal in terms of his athleticism. The one guy that had a good rep against him was Cam Jurgens, who actually uh, also was very good all throughout the one on one session today. He stood up Jordan Davis, and he was also very good uh, against anyone else that he faced. Again, he like like Jordan Davis, he didn't face. Uh, or, you know, similarly, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis didn't face any first-team offensive linemen. Cam Jurgens didn't face 
uh, any first-team defensive lineman. But the guys he did face tried to bull rush him uh, to no avail, which is a good sign for a guy like Cam Jurgens, who is 6'3", only 303 pounds, is an undersized center relative to you know other centers in the NFL. So if he's able to sort of um, you know master the you know anchoring and not being pushed back in the pocket, this that was a big um, deficiency area for Jason Kelsey, of course, uh, early in his career. So uh, good, good, encouraging start for for him there. And then um, the other big takeaway, too, is Brandon Graham doesn't look hampered by his Achilles injury at all. Like, he's moving around perfectly fine. He was dominant in one-on-one drills today as well. And I think just generally speaking, the first three practices uh, of camp here, um, it, when we've watched him in, in team drills, he's moved around quite a bit. You noted in the last podcast that he had two sacks uh, on the third day of training camp. And... um you know, my thinking was that he was going to be slowed at, at least somewhat this year. And if you could get, you know, like 90% of what Brandon Graham was before he got hurt, then you'd sign up for that probably. But he looks like like pretty much like the guy that he was uh, before he got hurt. And maybe that shouldn't be a big surprise because we know how hard he works during the offseason and how much he loves football and, and wants to be as good as he can be. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that what we've seen from him over the first half week or so, uh, it looks like he's going he could be the BG of old. And did get hurt early in the year last year, too. Week yeah, week two, two. You know, as opposed to, like, you know, week 14 kind of thing that could linger over. Um, so that's the upside there. Uh, definitely agree on Brandon Graham. That's why I gave him an MVP point last episode. I think that was well-deserved. Uh, I on Jordan Davis, in addition to looking good in the one on ones, as you noted, I think for the second practice in a row has stood out in team drills where yeah. he's clogged up some runs. He has been active in the backfield in terms of, you know, pushing the pocket and generating some pressure in that regard as well. So really good things from him. One of the, the biggest things I have about Jordan Davis is that for a guy who's six, six, 334 pounds he's not like fat by any means he's no, not like he's fit. yeah like he's I, I i wrote in my notes today for bleeding your nation.com that like he's i feel like he's as sleek as that guy as a guy with those measurements could possibly <laughs> yes. be like like he is he yeah. is uh he's huge like you see him and he's so physically imposing compared to the people around him but he just does not look unathletic at all he's and not I, sloppy no and and or like or no there's just nothing to him and you know this makes sense for a player as you mentioned is like one of the most yeah. athletic prospects ever of any position uh and especially defensive tackle so not a shock but just it really stands out it's not like this i just think people think of him because you see the measurements because you think of run stuffer as a, you know this like big plotting guy mm-hmm. like a vince wilfork or at least that kind of mold. He's, he's not that kind of uh, a mold to me and yeah I think we've seen really good things out of him which is what you want to see out of a first round pick um, it's it's encouraging stuff early on and he was taking first team reps too so that's also good to see uh, during the team drills at least so uh, definitely stock up for Jordan Davis yeah for sure um, and then I had, when I done my rookie comps uh, earlier in the summer I comped him to like an early career Albert Hainsworth when he was actually really good but a bigger version of him. <laughs> so, uh, and not a yeah, jerk. I think that uh, he, Jordan Davis has a chance to be special, uh, in my opinion. And, and I think we've seen hints of, I mean, we got a long way to go and he's actually got to show up in games. Uh, but we're talking about the, you know, the NCAA <laughs> player of the year, uh, defensive player of the year last year. So um, the hints are there that, that he could be really good. 
just don't step on anyone on purpose on anyone's face <laughs> yeah. jordan uh i do like his personality trivia who did before. he who did he stomp andre Giroud. very good wow that's very good <laughs> They showed that like over and over. That's the only reason I know that player's name, to be honest, is because <laughs> okay. he got stomped in the face. Oh, poor guy. Um, on Jurgens, real quick, uh, the thing that he mentioned, or sorry, the thing that Jordan Davis mentioned about him is his power. That was that's what he said specifically mm-hmm. stood out about him when he faced him when he's gone up against him is his power, which is a nice thing I think to hear from a backup or, or from a um, a guy who is perceived to be undersized as Jimmy meanwhile is like closing the door uh, as I, I was just talking about, you didn't hear Jimmy, the listeners did, but I was saying that for a guy who does have the reputation of being like undersized and athletic as Jurgens, it's nice to hear that uh, his power is a positive asset and that like anchoring was not an issue for him uh, as it has been for other Eagles offensive linemen in the past who've been lighter, mm-hmm. Andre Dillard, who has since I think gotten better, obviously, but that was a problem for him uh, early on and, and still isn't a total non-issue. Um, yeah, so that was the offensive line, defensive line stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of things that aren't in my MVP, LVP points that I want to bring up to not spoil that. Uh, so I'm looking through here. Uh, did you have anything else? If you can double up if you had anything top of mind, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is going to be part of your well, let's get to injuries real quick. So, okay, uh, Zach Pascal is still out, he remains, mm. uh, um, he's in the hospital on his... Sunday. <laughs> yeah, he tweeted that he was in the hospital, but he was he was out there today, right? Or no? I don't remember seeing he on the him field today. Maybe he I wasn't. don't remember seeing him. But he's missed the first four practices with. I mean, earlier in the week, I think it was on the twenty eighth, whatever day that was, uh, mm-hmm. last Thursday, he tweeted food poisoning as a bitch or whatever. Um, so he, he's been out the first four practices of the camp. Uh, five, actually, if you include the walkthrough that we weren't, uh, that we didn't attend. He also missed uh, one of the OTAs that we were at. He was there for one, but he missed the other. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, not a guy who's going to ultimately um, decide what the Eagles are this year, but as the fourth receiver and a, and a new guy to the team, you you know, I'm sure he wants to be out there and, you know, gaining rapport with, um, you know, Jalen Hurts. Um the other guy who missed practice today was uh, Grant Calcaterra, who left practice uh, early in on day three. He's got a hamstring injury, no timetable on his return, uh, but he's—I I would expect him to be. I don't think that's a, a devastating injury in any in any way or anything like that. Well, it's a bummer um, for him though, as he tries to push conceivably oh, for, sure. for a tight end two spot because I think he could be that guy if he continued to progress the way he was prior to injury. And now I think mean, he's set back a little bit in that regard. Yeah, he was active the first uh, until he got hurt. Uh, he was active the first three three practices or so. Um, Gardner Minshew, we we haven't really talked about him much. Yep, I've been kind of, <laughs> been kind of unimpressed with we haven't seen him practice before because they traded for him after mm-hmm. training camp ended last year, and then of course we don't get to watch practices in full during the season. But um, yeah, haven't been super impressed with with Minshew. I maybe can get that, I guess. Um, He's not, you know, like an eye-popping talent. Uh, doesn't have like a super strong arm. Doesn't have a lot of speed. He just kind of knows where to go with the football. But he's been picked uh, a bunch of times here early on in camp. Uh, Sean Bradley got him today. Uh, Bradley went down low for, for a pass. Was able to make the play. And then later, uh, Darius Slay, who actually has had a... We, we don't mention like the the really good players oftentimes, like the, the star players uh, when they play well because it's just sort of expected. Darius Slay's had a really good start to camp. Uh, he broke up a pass, shot up in the air, 
and was picked off by uh, Marcus Epps. Um, yeah, Epsy. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, we have these, uh, you know, stock up, stock down, stock neutral reports for, for Jalen Hurts uh, every week. And while there's certainly, you know, he's not fearing for his job, of course, uh, but Gardner Minshew also hasn't put any any real pressure on him either, I don't think. I think relative to expectations, none of the quarterbacks have impressed, certainly. I think the only one who's been like solid, again, relative to expectation, is probably Reed Sinet. Yeah, who I, I, think, I, I agree with that. Who hasn't done anything special, but hasn't been bad. And I think clearly looks to be ahead of Carson Strong if yeah. the Eagles are going to keep three quarterbacks and they're going to value a guy who can play now as opposed to maybe they think Strong has you know potential to be better than Sinet in the long term, but would probably rather just keep him on the practice squad. Uh, doesn't look anywhere ready near ready to play strong was picked mm-hmm. off again today in the, the developmental period towards the end of practice uh, I think he has some some work to do before potentially ever becoming a real thing if he even ever does I agree with you on Minshew uh, just haven't really been impressed with him I think he's had some good throws I'm not going to say it's been all bad I really like how he throws with anticipation and has worked the middle of the mm-hmm. field at times he had a completion to Noah Tangiai today in that regard okay but I think there's been more bad than good on the whole. And that's discouraging to see. Um, someone tweeted at me today that I should not say that in an effort to uh, help boost his trade value. You know, like, let me say good things. Uh, I, I responded that I will consider doing it once the Eagles themselves start giving me money. Uh, if they want to do that, I might do that. Right. Um, but yeah, jokes aside, I, I don't think Minshew has, it's been a stock down camp for him for sure. Yeah. Um, Miles Sanders, I thought, had a, so to be clear, as we mentioned, they're not in full pads yet. There, there's no hitting really, um, on ball calorie, ball carriers. Um, nevertheless, I think Miles Sanders has, I mean, he's been a lightning rod for sort of negative attention so far this camp, <laughs> um, with interviews and such, but on the field, he looks explosive to me. Um, and he had about a half dozen runs today that just watching a move, He's impressive, and there was one run in particular. He had a really nice jump cut, made somebody whiff, and then um, bounced it to the outside, stiff-armed somebody. Um, I think it would have been a, an effective stiff arm whether they were hitting or not, and yep. then he ran down the field. He was very impressed with himself on that run and was like pointing to mm-hmm. – I don't know who exactly he was pointing to. I think it had to be or, the media. <laughs> or media people. But he was pointing at me like, "Hey, you like me now?" Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, that was my interpretation of it, anyway. Same. But he, like I said, he had about a half dozen runs today. That uh, again, no hitting, no tackling, anything like or anything like that. But just the way he's moving, I think he looks more explosive than he has the last couple of years. And just in contrast to the other running backs, like it's you know, yeah, there's no yeah. tackling, but like Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell, they're not, and Kennedy Brooks aren't like breaking off long runs right. like that, not at all. Um, so I, I definitely agree that he and it's and it's I think it's tough for running backs sometimes because of the no tackling thing and you know, how much you can only gauge and running back to always fully gauge how they're doing. So I yeah. think that speaks to Sanders looking more impressive to actually be able to tell that he's looking like explosive and good like that. And really, yeah. you know, that was a huge element of his game in 2020 that we didn't see so much last year. Like the, right. the like the home run hitting runs weren't there as much as they were in 2020, which is a little weird. And also is relevant because it's a guy who had zero touchdowns last year, yeah. which is a little bit fluky to some extent. And obviously there's some red zone usage in there and things like that that take away from mm-hmm. it. But still, you know, like there should be if Miles, like Miles Sanders, 
he should be breaking some you know, like a 70, 60 yard runs that go to the house and get in the end zone. So she he should have at least a couple just from those alone. I feel like uh, should, that should be reasonably expected from him. You know, with Sanders, I, I think I want to just repeat what I've been saying. It's It's not a question of the talent. It's not a question of efficiency. It's about can he be a volume player and passing the or catching passes is, is part of you know what uh, is going to earn him more playing time and be trusted and all of that. And it seems like for as good as he have has been, people are still rotating their backs a decent amount with Scott and Gainwell mixing in. Um, but they might have to cut that out a little bit. Sanders is just gonna if if he really is gonna run with this thing and be as dominant as he has in camp. Like mm-hmm. don't just be a don't just rotate backs to do it. Like if he's truly hot, I mean, just keep feeding him, right? So, um, are you done with Sanders? <laughs> oh, do you agree with that? Like, do you think? Like, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, don't yeah. you don't just rotate to rotate. Like, he's in a contract year too, so you like mm-hmm. you know you know you know if you're resigning, it's not like you don't need to save Miles Sanders. Is my point? Like, like use him. Like, use what he's got. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you don't want to you don't want you don't want to be giving him. Yeah, not 20 like carries a game or not, anything like not that. Not like Zeke, you know, and like and like yeah. burn him out entirely, I'm saying, but like don't hesitate as much as you have in the past. For sure. Yeah. All right. Anything All right. else? Uh, Take a break. Yeah. So one other thing I'll note too is they they showed some like five one five looks hmm. where it's just basically five defensive linemen line up, like three interior defensive linemen, and then I mean it's just basically just like a three four look, but in nickel, but with the edge rushers lined up on the line. Um and they showed some of those looks. It's the one game that I really remember them doing that a lot of was against the Chargers last year. Hmm. And unfortunately, they they often had Jannard Avery and Derek Barnett lined up uh, on the line as sort of those outside linebacker type positions. Um, and they sent all five. What, what I mean by that, they're sending all five of those guys uh, at the quarterback. Uh, so, you know, last year it would have been you know, like uh, Barnett and Avery on the edge, uh, maybe Sweat um, at one of the sort of the interiors, the, but like on uh, like sort of lined up a, a, kind of directly across the tackle. Um, and then they'd have Fletch and uh, Javon Hargrave in there. This year, when they go to those looks and they showed some of those today, it's totally different because now Sweat is on the outside. Uh, uh, Hassan Reddick is now on the outside on the other side. And then you can have any combination of mm-hmm. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams. Um, Did you say Jordan Davis? Jordan Davis, of course. So, I mean, that alignment now looks more intimidating mm-hmm. than it did, for example, in that Chargers game, which was totally ineffective as Justin Herbert just tore them apart, <laughs> not only when they were in those looks, but otherwise. Uh, so I think that's an alignment that we'll probably see a little bit more of this year. I think, you know, once it f- sort of failed um, in that Chargers game and, and others, they, you know, Jonathan Gannon got away from it. But I think that's something that he wants to be a part of his defense and they're better equipped personnel wise to go to that this year. Yeah, I think three, four versus four, three has kind of been uh, like maybe an overrated discussion. I don't mm-hmm. think it's about that. I think it's about mixing things up. I think that's what yeah. they want to do. And that's honestly kind of their philosophy in offense too, or at least I think it's, it is uh, ideally what they want to be. They want to be able to do 
it's the, it's the buzzword of the past. I don't know how long quote multiple, you know, quote unquote, yeah. being able to be multiple and do different things. I don't think it's about kind of just doing one thing. Obviously you are going to do one thing more than another thing ultimately. Um, but I don't think it's about being defined by three, four versus four, three as being able to do different things uh, with the defensive line, including what you just said. So that's kind of my take on that. And, you know, that's, that's all great, but like <laughs> you have to execute it well. And at some point you probably do have to have some kind of thing you feel really good in uh, and, and not just be, like I said the other day, not just be obsessed with tricking the opponent. I think the element of surprise certainly has value, but only mm-hmm. just to so much. You can't trick the opponents all season long. At some point they're going to have tape on you and you just have to be able to execute what you do and do it well. Um, so it's a balance. Are any of the uh, UDFA standing out to you so far? Not really. What about you? So there's one guy today that I thought had looked good. And I actually, so Reed Blankenship, uh, mm. safety from Middle Your Tennessee guy. State. That's my guy. Maybe I'm a little biased here because uh, I profiled him twice <laughs> in each of the last two years. Uh, so I've been specifically watching him, I guess, a little bit when, when the third team uh, offense is going against the third team defense. But for the most part, he looks like he knows where he's supposed to be. And today he had a play where he uh, deftly knifed through the line for a tackle for loss. I thought it was the first like notable play that he's made so far in camp. Uh, but from what I've seen in watching him, he seems to grasp the defense and what they're trying to do. And um, that, like is confidently kind of moving pre-snap uh, to where he needs to be. And, and uh, that's probably going to be the kind of thing that impresses uh, like a defensive backs close, like, like, like Denard Wilson. Okay. Good little note there. Why don't we take a break and then we'll get into our awards, Jimmy, but not before we hear about Kristen Roach of RoachRealtors.com. Her phone number is 856-906-9295. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, please do contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Again, 856-906-9295 or go to RoachRealtors.com. Brandon? Back after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on BGN Radio, which is brought to you by Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Discount code BGN20 at RighteousFelon.com gets you 20% off right now. Go check it out. Also check out WildRangerPet.com. Jimmy, it's time for our awards. Let's get, oh, yeah, I mean, this, the unheard stock report, I guess, isn't an award, <laughs> but it's part of the segment. You yeah. get the uh-huh. idea, listeners, sure. Jimmy. Where would you put Jalen Hurts today if you had I have to- him stock up. Really? First stock up day. Yeah. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't how? how? No way. I mean, was he better than the past two days? 100%. This yeah, is a, why was this a stock up okay, day for him? Okay. So for me, I thought he did this a lot of things. This is a low bar that... for stock up. <laughs> okay. Well, 
it's a day that wasn't very um it wasn't a big quarterback day today. Mm. I think he like uh like they didn't he didn't attempt that many passes. Um probably like a dozen or so. Okay, well that works against the argument. <laughs> but that's but no, but that's not his fault. They're running as many plays mm. as you know, I mean he can it only run as many plays as they give him. He's in seven on seven. He's taking off running. Uh, okay, but like, come on. How many times did that happen? At least once. once. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more. So for me, what I liked about what he did today was he was accurate in the short areas of the field and also decisive, in my opinion, in the short areas of the field, particularly in team drills. Um, and I didn't watch. Uh, so when when the Eagles are in seven on sevens, they're, that's when they're doing O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. So I'm standing up on the steps at the Novacare Complex, and I'm trying to kind of keep an eye on both. But my ten- my attention mm-hmm. is focused more on the O-line, D-line, okay. one-on-ones. And if there's a break in the action, then I'll you know watch seven-on-sevens for a second. But whenever those reps are going on simultaneously, I'm watching the one-on-one O-line, D-line drills. So there, yep. I may miss some seven-on-sevens here and there. So my um, – my thinking on my stock up is mainly based on what he did in team drills and in team drills. I thought he was decisive. I thought he was accurate in the shorter areas of the field. And I think more than just, you know, completing a bunch of passes, I thought he also, the ball placement was very good. So he was hitting receivers where he was giving them the opportunity to get yards after the catch. And the one example that I gave in my practice notes was uh, Boston Scott ran a Texas route or an angle route or whatever, and bang, hit him right in stride, gave him a chance to get yards after the catch, which he did. It turned into a, a big play uh, down the field. Now, um, I mean, they didn't get it to, that, to the end zone at all or anything like that, but I don't think that matters on a day like today because it wasn't like they were, um, you know, if they were if they got a first down, it wasn't like they moved down the field and kept going and going and going until they got to the end zone or not. It was that's not the kind of day it was. Like they they it was a certain number of plays that they run mm-hmm. and then that was it. Uh, and w- there were no red zone drills today, so I'm not focused on whether they got into the end zone or not. I'm just looking at like how he threw the football today, and this was his best day at camp, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in terms of his accuracy. And again, like w- what he, like I mean, that's one of his deficiencies is not just accuracy, but ball placement and hitting receivers over the middle uh, in the shorter areas of the field and the intermediate areas of the field. And I thought he did a nice job of that. So it was, it was for me, it was improvement in an area of deficiency. So on that premise, mm. that's why I have him as a stock up. Well, I think, yeah, relatively you could say stock up because he was coming off of two stock down or at least one stock down, one stock even practice. So in that regard, I do agree again, he was better than the past two days, but that's. But I mean better than just what he is as a player. And well, okay. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady out there today or like Joe Montana or anything like that. But he is more accurate today than what I know of him as a passer, generally speaking. So on Except that his premise, one throw beyond like fifteen yards, which he overthrew AJ Brown <laughs> down the right side. But that's line. but that's okay. Okay, and he, he had a missed and he had a missed throw to to uh, Dallas Goddard as well. Like I'll I'll concede mm-hmm. that it was short uh, on a on I wouldn't call it a seam route, but it was on the like the left side of the not down the sideline, but on the, on the left side of the field. It undershot him mm-hmm. on what could have been a long completion. So yeah. I think that I think there were actually his only two misses of the day. I, I don't recall any others. I mean, maybe he had some in seven on sevens. Um, but again, like I just thought he was he did he did well today mm. in areas of deficiency. And I'm just looking for improvement for improvement for him 
is sort of what I'm basing stock up, stock down, stock neutral. Okay. I agree that he did have some good reps where he got the ball out quick, which I think is important to see. I agree. He's holding the ball for too long. I've criticized him for that. And he had it accurate to both Boston Scott. And there was another rep with AJ Brown where he had that. And I thought those were two of his two really good plays. I thought he also had a good completion. I believe it was on in seven on seven to AJ Brown along the left side of the field, which is another area that's not a hot spot for him uh, to yeah. beat Darius Slay. I mean, I, I, I'm just cautious to give too much credit because these are all like below t- like 10 yards at the most or below. There was a lot of check downs in there. And th- I thought there for as much as it, to me, it was kind of like feast or famine with getting the ball out quick. It was either he was getting out the ball lightning quick, like right away for like first read, boom, in stride, great throw. Or it was like, hold it, hold it, hold it, check down, hold it, hold <laughs> it, check. Like there was a lot of hold- it was either one but of that's the two. Okay. I just I don't think it is. I think he, if for he a has the time for it, then that's then it's okay. Well, sure, but I mean, in seven on sevens, there is no one yeah. rushing him, so yeah, he he is going to have the time. I I don't know. I'm not fully <laughs> convinced that like holding the ball is not going to be an issue now. I think you know there's some plays where it won't be, and some plays where it will be. I think he's more decisive at times, but not across the board. So. Uh, what else I did I write down? I think your bar for like what is deserving of a stock up grade, I think, I think where we have that level set is probably like I think your levels. I'm using my hands here, so like yours is kind of like he. You think he did something today to like take a step towards like being the guy? I would say no. I think he just stayed even. I think he, I thought he showed improvement in the deficient area mm. and it's just, it's just one day of practice. And he, again, like I said, he, I think he only had like a dozen to maybe 15 pass attempts. So it's not a huge sample size or anything like that, but I just thought he was good in an area that he's not typically good. I put that he wasn't overall in the overall picture today. I wrote that he wasn't especially good or especially bad. So that's why I put him in the middle. <laughs> Is that unfair? <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, that's sort of what he is, though. Um, but that's an issue. As a passer. I mean, you can even you could say he's like a below average passer, generally speaking. Hmm. So, and I mean, that's all he's doing is passing. We're not seeing him like break off runs and shoot guys in the open field or run them over or anything like that. Um, so being an average passer, in my opinion, is sort of an upgrade on, you know, what he is normally. All right. Hence so because... Up. Because I relented on the last time, I will put <laughs> no. Stock I up relented for you. the last time. Or sorry, that's what I meant. I meant because you relented the last time, and I got my way. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I will put in the BGN radio version of these stock up or stock report stock up, but I'm not changing okay. my practice notes because I still feel like it was stock. <laughs> oh yeah, even. I didn't change my practice notes either. Yeah, I mean we're gonna sure. have our own individual opinions on our practice notes. So I, and I think that's fair because I think I could have said up for day one. Uh, and I didn't, I, I, I would still, I stick to what I said, but I, I could have, if I had to go up anywhere, I could have gone it there and I didn't. So I'll give him one. Um, so that still has him even down, down and up through the first four practices. I don't think, I think anyone would be lying to themselves if they felt like really encouraged about hurt slash the passing offense thus far, four days into camp. Uh, on the whole, well, he didn't do anything special today, like you said. I, I certainly yeah. agree wholeheartedly. Like there was no special plays that he made. I just thought he was consistent with his ball placement for the most part. Who is your MVP? You know, uh, 
I probably need some time with that. I can go with my LVP. If you, why don't you do your MVP? Well, first? okay. So I have two names here, and I don't want to double. I don't think anyone deserves a double up day. I don't think it was that mm-hmm. good for anyone, or maybe it is. But I think there's more than one player who deserves a point for today. If that makes any sense, I have okay. Miles Sanders and Jordan Davis. So I kind of wanted to take okay. the whoever you weren't going to take from that one, assuming you were going to take one of the two. Uh, I'm not going to take either of those guys. I don't think. Okay. Well, then I have to make a tough decision here. I guess I got to go Miles Sanders because he's had such a good camp thus far that it seems like it would be not accurate reflection and not an accurate reflection of the MVP LVP point standings if he didn't get any points by now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there will be another chance to give Davis some points, whereas Miles is so good that eventually like just going to stop really even paying attention to him looking good because, yeah, we we expect that. So I'm going to give Miles the point here. I think he's earned it. Still questions about him as a pass catcher, really do, uh, and that's important. But as a runner, I mean, no doubt, uh, deserves it. What about you? I'm going to go Cam Jurgens. Cam Jurgens, that's fair. Who, again, was very good in uh, in one-on-one drills. But also, um, I don't think he – it's hard It's hard to evaluate O-line play mm-hmm. in uh, team drills um, from the sidelines sometimes, particularly in the, the interior of the offensive line. You can see – like I, I can sit on the sideline and see if Andre Dillard gets beaten by Josh Sweat, for example. But it's a little harder to see like what's going on in the interior there. Um, but it doesn't, it didn't, it hasn't looked to me at all like Jurgens has, um, you know, like Struggled. been bad in any way whatsoever. Uh, playing with the first team offense in in uh, Jason Kelsey's absence, Jason Kelsey for for the first two practices anyway he missed right and then the third mm. day he was limited uh coming off of uh covid um i thought he from what i could see he looked the part as like a legitimate nfl player potential starter uh on the line the, the first three days of practice and then today i thought he stood up in uh, o-line d-line drills and it kind of sucks for him that he got drafted by the eagles mm-hmm. because i think he could start right away for some team well, like, you, know what I like mean, you but... said in the past, too, there's no precedent for <laughs> taking a center this high and not having yeah. them play for an entire season, let alone potentially two. I mean, like, not that, I mean, like, is Kel- again, is Kelsey definitely done after this year? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I, I kind of lean, actually, I kind of lean toward him, him coming back because you look at next year and what they could potentially be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what if, like... I don't know, you know, how much he'd be involved, but what if the sell is assuming, let's just say Hertz isn't the guy and they're like, Hey, you know how he's like, Hey, we're getting the guy, you know, we're going to make a big trade or they do yeah. make that trade early in the off season. And then Kelsey, cause he doesn't even have to decide necessarily before that. And Kelsey's like, Oh, that's pretty interesting. Now we have this guy. Yeah. yeah I'm definitely coming back to play for him. And if he's still playing at a high level, yeah. it's hard to like, if you're the best in the world at, at your job, it's hard to just go, I'm not going to do this job anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a, forever for the rest of your life. Right. So it's hard to give that up. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Sure. We're trying to get into the mind of Jason Kelsey here, but we, we, we really don't know. <laughs> um, but getting back to the point, it's going to suck for him. Yeah. Knowing that he could probably start on, you know, so many other teams in the NFL and he'll say all the right things in terms of like, you know, it's great to be able to learn from a guy like Jason Kelsey and mm-hmm. uh, watch him play and blah, 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 blah. And all that's fine and good. But uh, I think uh, I think most competitive players, they want to be playing. And he's not going to be able to do that unless Kelsey gets hurt. And it's not like he's repping at right guard, at least that we're really seeing. Not yet. So, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. LVP is Gardner Minshew. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go in a different direction here. Who are you going to take? Oh, no. Let's hear your Minshew stuff. In I mean, go. we kind of talked about it already. He, yeah, that's he true. just hasn't been... I think, again, measuring players against expectation, I would have expected a little bit more out of him. I don't think he's been like only bad. I think there have been some good throws mixed in. But again, I'll repeat myself and say more bad than good. And he's just he's, it's a stock down for him as opposed to a stock up this far in camp. So he's my LVP. What about you? So this has nothing to do with on the field because <laughs> okay, Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager's <laughs> got to stop. He's got to stop. He's got to he's got to stop searching his name on Twitter and, and responding to people. Like John Clark had a, a negative note about him today. What was it that he said? said he dropped he, a pass. He got which I don't. In, in Rager's defense, I don't know if I saw him drop. A I pass. didn't see what he was talking about either. Yeah. But even if that's even if he didn't, even if Rager's right and he didn't drop a pass, like why are you going after John Clark publicly on Twitter <laughs> when you've had like things? I don't know. Just, just stay off social media entirely, dude. Just delete your account, honestly. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, the Eagles, I'm sure, are trying to trade him, and that I mean, he doesn't care whether he wrecks his trade value or whatever. <laughs> like he's you know he wants he just wants to make, make i think he's just trying to make the team at this point mm-hmm. um but you can't like you can't be searching your name on twitter and, and responding it the way that he did mm-hmm. to criticism at this point he's yeah. he's ripe for criticism for the way that he is not for not like what he's done in training camp so far i think he's been i would like he hasn't been bad in training camp so far he like mm. And he hasn't been good. I would say more bad like than he, good. He hasn't been ob- he hasn't been obviously bad. Okay, he's he not hasn't been like a disaster, like a... but he hasn't been good. Yeah. So, but like, he's ripe for criticism for the way that he's played the first two years of his career in Philadelphia, and yeah, like that's part of, that's going to be part of the territory when you're a first round pick is you're going to get criticized if you don't li- like. I mean, even come close, frankly, mm-hmm. to expectations. Um, forget that they took a different player than him that is like a, a star in the famer. league already. Um, but like somebody from the team has to get through to him that you just gotta you just gotta stop turn it off. Like you said, you don't like whether you delete your account or you just don't pay attention to it anymore. It's and I know it's hard to do for some people to just turn that off and, sure. and not look at criticism or whatever. I don't know what he's expecting yeah. when he goes on Twitter and searches his name. Like, does he think there's going to be praise there? Just don't. <laughs> we just love don't Dylan Rager now. <laughs> just focus on just focus on becoming the football player that the Eagles hoped you were going to be when when they drafted you and re- like responding that and like when it, when it went up, it was very clear that it was going to be deleted pretty quickly. I'll I'll say in case anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, let me just pull that up real quick. He said, uh. Bro, y'all got to stop this cap ass shit. <laughs> when, uh, when, Jimmy, when, why don't you when, translate uh, John, that for us? John Clark said he got us out muscled on a play, uh, leading to a to a drop. Um, Howie must have like saw that tweet and been like, <laughs> "FML, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to trade this guy for anything." <laughs> so. Yeah, I just I like know. how do you keep this energy on your team, Jimmy? You know what I mean? Like how do you 
not only is he not one of the best 53 guys like we've talked about, but then like this yeah. energy too, it just makes it worse. It's just like, meanwhile, you have someone else in theory. I don't know who, like, let's just say Dion Kane, for example. I think, you know, Rager still has a potential higher ceiling than Dion Kane. Yeah. But I think Dion Kane offers a much higher floor. And, you know, you can weigh those things. But point being, like, someone like a Dion Kane, like, busting their butt or whatever, Britton Covey, whatever. One of these guys, like, busting their butt to make the team, great attitude and everything. And like Raider just makes it because of money and the first like that's like that's stupid to me. That's garbage. That's that's not a meritocracy. And obviously no team is a perfect meritocracy, but like you're really like rubbing it in everyone else's faces that this guy who's like acting like a jackass at times and isn't even playing well just gets to make the team. Like I just don't I don't love that. Uh it's it's bad vibes to me, and I don't love bad vibes. And what was the other thing with him? Well um, one, one, one more one more quick thing on Rager, like Oh, Okay. I've been okay. Good. Now go ahead. Is is this on Rager? It's just like maybe it's not his fault every time, but a lot of these interceptions and pass breakups just so happen to be when the ball is being targeted <laughs> his way. Like when he gets targets, bad things yeah. keep happening, and that's probably yeah. not a total coincidence. So that's the last thing I had to say. Yeah. So I've been adamant that they aren't going to cut him because it's a uh, an eight million dollar <sighs> cap hit if they do, but. But if isn't it like the point where it's just like you but have if, to move on? But if he's doing the kind of thing, if he's doing that kind of thing where he's responding to negative criticism on Twitter, then I right. think that's when you start to consider it. Um, also, your point uh, that you know when when you do when they, when balls do come his way, just bad things happen. If he's actively hurting the team, yes, as opposed to just not um, you know being like a, being like JJ, like a non factor. Yeah, right. So JJ is a perfect example. So like he mm-hmm. he works hard, he tries hard. He contributes on special teams in any way that he possibly can. Says all the right just, things. He's just not a good football player. Right. <laughs> like, but, but but you know he's not going to actively hurt you. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, I guess if you throw it over in a big moment, then that's not good, and you probably shouldn't be doing that in the first place. But at least he's giving everything that he possibly can to uh-huh. help the team out in some way. And I don't know yeah, if, he's uh, never if Jalen Hurts is that guy. Yeah. You mean Rager? You said Hurts. Uh, uh, no, I did. Oh, okay. You said Jalen Hurts is that guy. No, Rager. Yeah, I think you meant Rager, <laughs> but you said Hurts. In any oh, case, okay. whatever. Someone check the tape. Uh, yeah, I think Jay Jaw is exactly what you have to contrast this to. Like what we're talking about. Like what would the opposite be? It would be him, because again, a player who, for his struggles, like rebranded himself last off season as a guy who could at least help out on special teams, and made the most of the very limited opportunities that he had with that catch, like in the saints game, like, you know, he, again, not a great player shouldn't be on the roster this year, but at least like he, and, and also didn't say things on social media and didn't like draw more (laughs) ire. Yeah. Good to go out his way to do that. Like that's all the stuff that you would want to see at the very least, the bare minimum from Rager. He's gotten, he's gotten dragged on social media too. JJ. Exactly. what I mean, he's able to ignore it. The point is, yeah, JJ handled it the right way. And he got rewarded with a roster spot last year. And I think he earned mm-hmm. that. I just, it would be such a shame to me to see like Rager go a totally different way and not earn it and be around anyway. Like, I just think that's like a spit <laughs> right. in the face to someone like a JJ. So one of these players trying to battle, it's just, it's, I don't like it. I, I can't endorse it. Um, I can understand why they would do it in terms of mm-hmm. like what they're thinking. I understand what their mindset is, but I just don't agree with it at all. Uh, so that's where we differ. I learned that like he's got most of the Eagles media blocked today because yeah, um, I'm blocked. What happened? So in the Eagles media house today, somebody said, uh, "Ooh, Jalen Rager just tweeted back at, at Clark," 
And uh, only a few of us could actually see the tweet because everyone else was blocked. <laughs> and I didn't, mm. I didn't know that he had uh, most of the media blocked. Somehow I'm not blocked. I, I was able to see his tweet. Um, but yeah, the, uh, more than half the people in the media room have been blocked by Jalen Rager, <laughs> which is kind of funny to me. Which also I kind of don't entirely blame him for because yeah, don't. Well, but honestly, yeah. just delete your account. I mean, that that's fine. You too. tune it out. Tune, but tune out sure. everyone. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, if you're going to block people, you can't just <laughs> reply to them. <laughs> anyway, yeah. or other people of that ilk. Anyway, let's move on to our play of the day. I have the aforementioned Darius Slay uh, pass that he tipped to allow Epsi, mm-hmm. who I think has had a nice camp for himself yeah. and has been active, made some plays around the ball uh, to intercept Gardner Minshew. That's my play of the day. What's your play of the day? I'm going to go with the Miles Sanders run where uh... – yes. He juked somebody in the hole, bounced it, stiff arm. And then, like I said, he showed explosiveness, um, you know, breaking mm-hmm. away from 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 the defense. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've, again, no pads, but he looks explosive. And, and that was a nice run. Yeah, I was considering reneging on my Sanders MVP, giving it to Davis, and then giving it to Sanders the MVP or, or the point player of the day point. So he would be represented in that fashion. So I could kind of get both in, but uh, I'll stick with what I have. And I think, again, Jordan Davis will have some more good days ahead of him where he'll be uh, on the sheet here. Look, he's a rookie. I think we need to, to see him it. pop in, in team drills as opposed to just one-on-ones. Sure. Well, I think he did today, though. I think he did some uh-huh. really good things in team drills. Yeah. Um, but sure, I, I yeah. We can see more out of him. It's fine. He got snubbed a little bit here, but it's okay. He'll have more days to <laughs> to to get on this prestigious list that we have, which I'm That's sure right. he's really concerned about. Uh, any final thoughts, James? Hmm. Yeah, I did have one. Uh, okay. I, I was listening to Birds with Friends hmm. with uh, Bo and Zach. Never heard of it. And Bo made the claim that he and he alone coined the nickname dick rod for richard yeah. rogers and that is a wild outlandish claim uh i don't know who came up with dick rod but i know that packers fans certainly called him dick rod before mm. he ever became a philadelphia eagle but i felt like that was a shot at anyone who also uses, uses it. dick yeah. rod <laughs> to refer to Richard Rogers, I feel like he's kind of marking his territory on that. And to that, I say, absolutely not, Bo. Dick Rod is for is is for use for anyone and everyone. Let's not try to claim uh, that nickname for yourself when it's a it's it has been embraced uh, far and wide by the commu- by the Eagles community in general. So I'm looking up Twitter usage of this, and my first usage was on November 13th, 2018, and I'm looking at Bo's first usage, and his is September 8th, 2020. Interesting. Ooh. Now let's look mm. up Jimmy's. I mean, Twitter isn't the only place he could have said it. There's podcasts <laughs> too, but obviously we don't have any like very fast way to just transcribe podcast audio and look back at that as we do with Twitter here. But uh, uh, you had it April 5th. Fifth. Okay, yeah, you would see you had a you did have it you had an April fifth, twenty eighteen. You Ooh, said that's very and, early, and you gave and you also you wasn't even you. You said a friend just pointed out via text that a nickname okay. for Richard Rogers could be Dick Rod. So unless that friend was Bo, I remember that which I don't that think Kevin, it was. That was Kevin DeLacy. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I think Bo should apologize to Kevin DeLacy. <laughs> Agreed. 
I mean, you sure. can't you can't not even tweet it until 2020 and claim you originated the nickname when both you and I were tweeting about this in 2018. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, that's your final thought. My final thought, Jimmy, is that I had a really amazing, fantastic sandwich. There's a picture on my Twitter at Brandon Gouton. I, I saw that. that, that I, I know that, that I don't expired. like some of the ingredients on there, but it looked like what? it looked delicious. Like what? What didn't you like on there? Uh, I'd have to take a look at it again, but I know that like there were a couple of things on Pickled there that onions. I don't necessarily like. But it was like a super, like, yeah. colorful sandwich. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it did. It did look good. It looked like delicious, even though I know there's some things on there that I individually I don't like. I think it's uh I I, forget, I never know how to pronounce this word. Is it Calabrian? Calabrian? You know, like the the peppers. This is a oh, okay. Calabrian I, I don't chicken know. cutlet. Either way, whatever the whatever it is, you you understand what the word is. C a l a b r i a n, and it was amazing. It's from Hoagie Dom. A guy calls himself Hoagie Dom. There's actually an article, and this is a how about this for Voxpedia synergy, Jimmy, on Eater.com, which is a Vox property. There's a really good article about Hoagie Dom and these pop ups that he does, where basically he posts a picture. Uh, or he posts a story on Instagram and like a post, an actual post too, uh, with a link to sign up to his like his pop ups at mm-hmm. uh, Bardot Cafe, I believe in like Northern Liberties area of Philly, and it like fills up in a, like not even a minute, like thirty seconds maybe. Like people are <laughs> really excited and understandably so because I had that yeah. sandwich; it was fantastic. I went with uh, BGN's photographer for the time being, uh, right now as uh, Holden Holden Blanco. Uh, who who's working with us and Did Holden he take the loved picture it. of that? I took the picture actually. Thank you. So he's slacking, uh, is what you're saying. He should. I feel like <laughs> well, he's he, a photographer. He, he should take the picture. Of it. <laughs> uh, he, he photographs the Eagles players and stuff, not necessarily <laughs> the food. Jimmy, I leave that to me. Uh, it was really good, honestly. Though this is like like this is S tier elite level sandwich. If you get a chance to try this, please do. I heard a rumor, Jimmy, potentially that the Hoagie Dom himself is going to be at Eagles training camp on Thursday. So oh, I will okay. um, much anticipate uh, talking to him if that is the Do case. Do you know him? Because, uh, well, he reached out and because, uh, you know, I tagged him in an Instagram oh, okay. story uh-huh. and said, like, a great sandwich. And he reached out and uh, he, I think he, he mentioned to me that he might be at practice on Thursday. So I would love to get a chance to talk to him. Go support him. Awesome, awesome sandwiches. He kind of brands himself as, like, the Michael Jordan of making hoagies. And I got to say... <laughs> Like first hoagie that I've had from him, he is talk. He's walking the walk in addition to talking the talk. So yeah, I, I loved it. It was great. Um, all right, that's a wrap for training camp day four. Eagles BGN Radio daily practice recap podcast. This has been Brandon Lee Gowton. That's me at Brandon Gowton on Twitter and Instagram. Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky and Instagram too. The Eagles practice tomorrow, that is, meaning tomorrow as in Tuesday, August the 2nd. And then they're having a walkthrough that we will not be at on Wednesday. So tomorrow, we will have another podcast here for you. We didn't have a BGN Radio special Jimmy interview someone today due to, I would say, unforeseen complications. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I could have done a better job uh, locking down my subject uh, in advance uh, hmm. I just assumed that I was going to be able to get a couple of different people, but they, like their companies don't allow them 
to do mm. radio interviews of any kind until they like submit a request and get the okay back in return. And I said, don't even bother with that. <laughs> like, you don't have to do that to, to talk to me on the sideline or whatever. So uh, I will be better prepared uh, at practice tomorrow with uh, somebody prearranged to speak with me. You know what that tells me, Jimmy? Is that they're scared of BGN radio. <laughs> Sad to see. Um, so those will be back. And as Jimmy mentioned to me that, you know, he might try to bank maybe some of those two, uh, like one for an off day that we'll have yeah. on there as well. So that could be fun. Um, so, you know, those will still be around. Don't worry. They're not going anywhere. I think we've gotten good feedback on those. And, and I think, Jimmy, you've done a good job. They're fun to do. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Gives people, uh, and, and not for everyone, maybe necessarily, maybe some of the people who don't care about the media at all, which is perfectly <laughs> normal and fine. Yeah. Uh, it's not for them, but that's fine. There's the diehards out there who like the uh, like the kind of inside baseball of it all. And uh, that's who those are for. I mean, they're for everyone, but if it's only for someone and those people like it, well, then it's worth it. So uh we'll keep those coming for you we have sb nation nfl show still rolling strong and some changes to be announced in the near future with that lineup so stay tuned for that as we approach the regular season check out righteous felon craft jerky.com or righteous felon.com righteous felon craft jerky is the product you can use discount code bgn20 for 20 percent off your order if you're looking to buy sell or rent a house you want to go to roadtrailers.com or call or text this phone number Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. I am not good at being brief in my wrap ups, Jimmy. I listen to other <laughs> podcasts and they're like, okay, like uh like like my friend James, James Seltzer, and Jack Fritz, who's at practice today. Uh James just goes, Uh, I'm Seltzer, he's Fritz. We'll talk to you next time. Or whatever. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. that's it. That's how he ends the pod. And I am much more verbose, so sorry for that. Um, I'm sure a bunch of people turn the podcast off when I'm wrapping up anyway. That's fine. I mean, it's not, I'm hurt by it, but whatever. I'll live, I'll survive. <laughs> and we'll be back with you tomorrow on Tuesday. And we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N.